I am Emily Lyons. In 2011, without a high school degree and with no money to my name, I decided to start my own business. Since then, I've built several multi-million dollar companies and I don't plan on stopping. Being a businesswoman, CEO, serial entrepreneur, survivor, and general life enthusiast, I'm endlessly jazzed by the business of life, especially the stories of extraordinary people I've had the privilege to meet along my own improbable journey to success. I don't think it's fair to keep that privilege to myself, and I think you deserve to be utterly lifted and shifted by these people too. All inspiring people are inspired people, so get ready to be inspired. I am joined today by one of the country's top entrepreneurs. Kareen Chambers-Saney is the CEO and co-founder of Diva International. They are a multinational corporation that manufactures the Diva Cup. Diva Cup is sold in over 40,000 retail outlets and in 29 countries worldwide. It is the number one selling menstrual cup, and Kareen founded the company in 2001 with her mom, Francine. And from their kitchen table to the boardroom, they soon became advocates of women's health and disruptors of a male-dominated industry. Kareen has led Diva to triple-digit growth in five years, and the company has been ranked on the Growth 500 for the last three consecutive years. She has received numerous awards and accolades, including EY's Entrepreneur of the Year Award and was honored as one of Canada's top 40 under 40. She is sharing how she built her company from the ground up with some phenomenal and actionable tips for all entrepreneurs. What a story. Here she is. Today, I am joined by Kareen Chambers-Saney. Hi, Emily. Hi, welcome. How are you? I'm great. How are you? I am so good. So tell us a bit about yourself and what you do. So my company, Diva International, was started back in 2001 with my mom, Francine. And what we did was recreate an age-old concept for menstruation called a menstrual cup. And we redeveloped it and called our version the Diva Cup. And it's been around since the 1930s, but no one's really taken it mainstream. And it's just such an incredible, life-changing product. Mm -hmm. And so we spent the last almost 20 years really disrupting an entire industry and bringing this product to the world. Mm. So take me back to the beginning. How did it all start? Well, it really does go back to my mom as a 13-year-old when she got her period. She hated her period. And it's just, especially in that time when the products were so bulky. With the clips and the... (laughs) Yeah, the belts, pins, it was ridiculous. And, Mm -hmm. you know, her freedom was taken away. So she had thought of the concept for the menstrual cup when she was 13 years old. Wow. And she'd been like thinking of this concept her whole life. And then it wasn't until I was 14 that she discovered this concept actually existed And that was like the light bulb moment that really started her on this journey. She was promoting one of the earlier versions. They were quite industrial looking, kind of like this brown rubber product, didn't really have a package or anything. They're a little bit scary looking. (laughs) Yes. So, and she did that for a number of years. And then when I graduated from Laurier, we decided, you know, let's, take this opportunity to modernize and, you know, bring a better version of this to the market. And we just had this big dream that we would have it on all store shelves and sell it around the world. 
And it took a little longer than we thought, but (laughs) eventually we did get there. So did you or your mom have any business experience going into this? Well, my mom has always been an entrepreneur and she's just, she's a real visionary and just always been ahead of her time. But she had retail stores, like she always was in businesses. And my dad is also an entrepreneur in the tech sector and I went to business school. So it was just, we didn't really know exactly. I don't think an entrepreneur really ever knows what they're doing, Mm -hmm. to be honest, but we found our way and we had that that drive and work ethic, I think, mm-hmm. that and passion that helped us succeed. So when your mom and you had the initial idea to redevelop it, how did you go about it? Did you have to first hire a company to make a prototype for you? Yeah. So we had like an early design and with our ideas and we had, you know, added, you know, easier ways to get the cup out and like different things mm-hmm. to the Product and we were looking for you know a better material at that time. Silicone wasn't as popular as it is now, so okay. it was, we didn't really even know what we were going to make it out of initially. But we eventually found a manufacturer, and it's actually made in Canada. It's still made in Canada. That's fantastic. and they helped us develop and design and create all the tooling and everything for that. Mm-hmm. And then we went through the Health Canada and FDA approval process, which took like another two years really to wow. get all done. And in, in 2003, we launched a product. We finally had a real product. Did you have investors? We didn't actually. We had a little bit of money of our own and we just... We did actually, now that I think of it, we had a very small bank loan from TD Bank, Mm -hmm. but it was like nothing. It was like, you know, $15,000 or something like Mm -hmm. that. And we just, you know, we ended up funding our own growth. And even today, we're still family owned and operated without any, we don't have any investors. So once it was ready, what was it like then? How did you start getting it into people's hands? Well, we first, we started going to trade shows. We made an e-commerce site, which like, this is in 2003. Yes. <laughs> there's, there's like no Shopify. There is no, no, I mean, no we Amazon. were literally <laughs> manually punching in the Visa cards. Like it was just, you would, wow. you would just laugh at how archaic everything was. But we started doing trade shows and we started approaching retail stores, mostly in the natural products industry. Mm-hmm. in health food stores, eco shops, outdoor adventure stores. And we kind of went from there. We started building. I mean, it took us years. We, I literally thought it would like, oh yeah, we'll be in shoppers in a year from now. Mm-hmm. But it actually took us 11 years to get our first national which wow. was Shoppers Drug Mart. But it took us many, many years of, you know, hitting the pavement and, one thing didn't work. We tried something else. I mean, it was, it was very difficult. We had a completely new concept. We faced so much rejection, so much resistance. What um, were people saying? I mean, from the buyer's perspective, they didn't see why there would be a need for anything different. I mean, tampons and pads have been around forever and 
you know, why would they want to change that? Especially when they've got women coming every month buying these products, why would they want to sell them something reusable Hmm. that they're not going to come back for now Ah. a year? So that was an issue. It was just, it's not like as a small company, you can just walk into the head office of shoppers and get your product on shelf. Like Mm -hmm. it doesn't really work like that. Most of the products on shelf are, are, large multinational corporations that have the experience. And luckily, we actually, it was kind of a blessing in disguise. We got the doors slammed in our face in the early days because we probably, well, 100%, we would not have been ready for the mass market Mm. from even a production standpoint, assembly. I mean, we had to work up to that. And it's like a whole business just doing business with the mass market retailers. It's not mm-hmm. something that I would recommend anyone gets involved in until they have the right things in place and consultants and a, a proper team and you know all the logistics. It's just not that easy. So it was kind mm-hmm. of a good thing that we, we grew into it. We grew about 3,000 stores before we got our first national account. So we wow. were still selling in thousands of stores, but they were in the natural industry. And some of the smaller chains like London Drugs out west. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah. in the US, we were in all the Whole Foods. Like We were in some pretty large accounts from that perspective, but we had to grow into it. It's like, you just can't do that kind of thing overnight. Mm-hmm. And I saw in one of your talks that you did that you had said that the majority of the buyers at the time were older men. So you had yes. to educate them on all different components. Yes. Oh my gosh. It was like, we went into these meetings and we were actually at this one trade show. It was in San Diego and like we'd spent all our money to go to this trade show. And I'm like, this is it. We're going to make it now. We're going to get in all these stores. And we were in these like eight minute dating, kind of speed dating meetings. <sighs> and like looking around the room, like literally someone actually captured a picture of, of my mom and I, with this like gray haired guy <laughs> showing him his face is like, So like, what is this? But yeah, like you can imagine that it was just so challenging. Uh I mean, it must have been difficult to stay, you know, so dedicated and believing in the product with, you know, so many doors being slammed in your face and people. I know, I know. And I, I think, you know, that's where the passion for what you're doing comes Mm -hmm. in because there were definitely low points that we thought, you know, we should throw in the towel. Like, this isn't going to work. But we just, I don't know what it is. It's just when you find your purpose and you find that passion, it's like, it didn't matter what anyone said. It's like, okay, well, you'll see. That was kind of the attitude. It was like, we knew how much this product was changing. It changed our lives and it was changing other women's lives. And we would be at these trade shows. Like there was a couple situations where women would actually like say, I'm on my period. I'm going to use it right now. Like (laughs) a few hours later, they'd come back and they'd be like, oh my God, I cannot believe this. It's like the best product ever. And I know it's like, this is not a marketing thing, but it literally changes women's lives. And that's kind of that 
reaction and that energy was what kept us going all those years when we were just hitting the pavement and we just thought, okay, this isn't working. And then we went to warmer. I mean, the natural products industry was just so much more open Mm -hmm. and even certain markets within Canada. I mean, Quebec was one of our best markets The West Coast, like they were early adapters to the product. We gained a lot of traction with the yogis. Like we did yoga conferences. Like we just, we really tried to think outside the box and make our dollars, whatever money we had invested into the company. And what was the moment that kind of where you broke through? Well, that actually happened, I would say around like, 2013. So we decided that we were finally ready. Okay, we're going to we're going to st- scale the company and you know, things were going pretty well. We'd grown to a few million dollars and we're like, okay, we're ready to take this company to the next level and we started building a team. And then we had this incredible opportunity and this is like one of my favorite stories because it was just so serendipitous. But this customer that loved our product, a fan of our product, mm-hmm. called us. She was a sales rep for a Jumbotron in Times Square and somebody dropped out of the, actually one of the companies had to drop out. And so they were selling this this space and it was like a full year for four times an hour, 24 hours a day for a whole year. And it was like more money than we'd spent on anything ever but we thought okay we have to take this chance like we have to do this we had like four retailers in new york but we're like this is gonna work we just had that gut feeling and Mm -hmm. so we ended up taking this jumbotron ad and then we did a bunch of strategic advertising in the trade publications and funny enough that's how we got shoppers drug mart because the buyer saw it I'm not kidding you. Like this is a real this is a real story. (laughs) The the buyer was in Times Square, saw the banner, was like, okay, these guys are like serious and they're, you know, it's a real thing. And then we had all of our strategic advertising. And and so when our team went in for the next time, like we were kind of hitting all the buyers and they said, they finally said yes. Wow. We got in there in 2014 in the spring and we got into the new set and kind of like it ended up doing really well in Shoppers Drug Mart because we had built up for at that point had been, you know, over 10 years Mm -hmm. that we had built up a customer base. And then they ended up having like other retailers started coming on board. The first one in the US was CVS. And then we kind of went from there. Wow. That was a big turning point for us. Mm -hmm. What is the size of the market for menstrual products? Oh my gosh. Like it, it is growing significantly. I mean, the feminine hygiene, and I'll talk about that after, but we're trying to say menstrual care now, but the traditionally femme care industry is like, you know, in the U S alone, $30 billion. Sorry. It's wow. Yeah, it's huge. So globally, we just had these numbers. It's growing. It's still Mm -hmm. only about 5% of reusables. Reusable, yeah, reusable Mm -hmm. cups are about 5% of the global market. So there's definitely a lot of opportunity. There's been a ton of brands. I mean, it's just like become completely commoditized. There's over 300 brands on the market now. 
Wow. It's like everyone and their brother is like coming up with a cup. But, you know, we have maintained as the world leader and Mm -hmm. we're really leading the way. And and we were the first ones that really got traction and disrupted this whole industry and finally got on shelf. And without being on shelf at that level, this category really wouldn't be where it is today. Mm Mm-hmm. How do you deal with other companies knocking off your product? Like, you know, spending almost 20 years, you know, with this and then people just coming in and and piggybacking on it. I know it's, it's can't really avoid that Mm -hmm. in business. And I guess that's a compliment in a way, but you know, it's just made us that much better and we rebranded. It was like way overdue that we finally, you know, redid our packaging and, we're communicating, you know, what makes us different. And especially with, you know, we're a strong voice in the menstrual equity movement. We just filmed an incredible documentary that we're about to do the international premiere at the Santa Barbara Film Festival next Mm. week called Pandora's Box. And, uh, you know, we're just, our company stands for so much more than just selling a product. Mm -hmm. we're, We're certified B Corp and, we believe in using our product and our company as a force for good in the world. And we're going to continue doing that. And I don't think we need to worry about what other people are doing. We're just Mm -hmm. going to keep doing what we do best. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, as sustainability is coming more and more into the light and being pushed, of course, that's another great reason to make the switch. Absolutely. And we're, you know, really excited about we're working on some other products and we're, you know, really trying to expand into even more sustainable products because Mm -hmm. we can't keep putting in, you know, hundreds of billions of tons of waste into the Mm -hmm. landfills. And it's just times are changing and we have to be responsible for our earth. And so sustainability, it's just so critical to have those conversations, especially around menstruation, because it does produce such a huge amount of waste that there are even better and more user-friendly, sustainable options available. Mm -hmm. I heard in one of your talks, you said a woman produces 300 pounds in her lifetime from menstrual products. Yeah, it's crazy. 12,000 to 15,000 pads or tampons. I know. It's a lot. Mm -hmm. It is a lot. It's so behind this industry because of obviously people not wanting to talk about it (laughs) and being such a icky topic for so many and has affected the environment and, and our bodies. I mean, I made a switch to the Diva Cup. Oh, yay. Yeah, because I like natural products. And what scared me about tampons was the possible contaminants like glyphosate from Roundup being sprayed on the cotton. And, you know, it being, I read that the World Health Organization ruled a probable carcinogen. And, you know, also the byproducts from the bleaching with the dioxins and just yeah absolutely and, and it's yeah no it's going like right into the most sensitive part of yes, your body it's so permeable is, yeah no it's crazy so it's really great that there's like especially with the diva cup and our silicone is like medical grade silicone and there's mm-hmm. no colors there's a lot of like colored cups now on the market which mm-hmm. 
knowing what I know about the manufacturing of silicone, I'm very, very much against because those dyes can leach into the body. But um, I believe in just having the most natural options available that and those tampons and pads are actually off gassing some of those chemicals as well. So it's not even like it absorbs it, it's kind of off gassing these and it really can disrupt the menstrual cycle and the hormones. And mm-hmm. we've worked with different medical practitioners that have said their patients switching to a diva cup is literally within three months, like their hormones and their cycles change completely. Wow. So it is worse, I think, than people realize. But again, like I, I love what you said about kind of talking about it as an ick factor. That's something that I didn't mention before, but also part of, you know, it's just there's so much shame and taboo around menstruation about talking about this, that it's been like one of our biggest missions to normalize menstruation and have these conversations like openly so we can overcome like having this misinformation out there. Mm-hmm. And isn't it funny because it's a natural body function and yet we're scared to talk about it. I know. There's like 800 million women. (laughs) Yeah, half the population has it. (laughs) You know, it's, and it's treated as if it's something that's, you know, a minority thing, or, and that's not that much of an issue, but there's actually like 400 million people in the world experiencing period poverty as well and living in shame. And that's one of the reasons why we created the documentary to address that issue and talk about that issue and create awareness Mm -hmm. for people on how to get involved. Because I mean, we're in 2020 now. It's just, I can't even believe that this is still something that we have to discuss. And the fact that this issue is so prevalent is actually, and when we started doing the film, we realized that this was beyond, you know, menstrual equity or period poverty, it's it's part of gender equality. And it's part of, you know, equal opportunity for girls to be able to have the same education opportunities to be able to have the same job opportunities. And it's just a lot of work needs to be done in that area. And what does Diva Cares do? So Diva Cares is our philanthropic division of our company and we've been we've been doing it all along but we really formalized it in the last year and we have an incredible team and we partner with lots of these incredible organizations around the world that are working to end period poverty, helping provide accessibility to safe products and education. I mean education is key and it's not just about girls, it's about boys too and and having boys and men part of the conversation is also going to help solve a lot of the issues around menstruation but just that education and advocacy work that that diva cares is part of is something that i'm really passionate about mm-hmm. and that's part of what we do at diva international that's phenomenal so is your mom still involved in the company She is involved in kind of the background, but she retired about three or four years ago. 
And I mean, she worked so hard. I've never met anyone in my life that's worked <laughs> as hard as my mom worked. Like she, she outworked me at trade shows. She'd be like, like, I can't even stand. She's like, okay, you go have a break. Like she just, Aww. I don't know where she got it, but she's now retired and spends half the year with my dad in Florida. They go back and forth. So they're still mm-hmm. involved, but not, not in the day to day anymore. So how many people are a part of the team now? At our head office, we are about 45 at our head office. And there's at least another 200 people every day involved in our business from like our broker partners, mm-hmm. the warehousing and the assembly team. And, you know, all of the other partners, marketing teams, like it takes a lot of incredible people to mm-hmm. to do the work that we do. And you'd think it wouldn't be that hard, but there's a lot involved for sure. Are you guys sold all over the world now? We are currently sold in about 35 countries wow. around the world and 65,000 retail locations in Canada and the U.S. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's a big boy. It must have been a big shift for you going from, you know, a small company and then in 2013 to going into the biggest pharmacy and, you know, yeah, store we, in Canada. We were grow- growing so quickly and, and like we used to sell online, but we had to actually shut that down because at that time the retailers that was one of the resistance we kept hearing is they didn't want us competing with them online. Hmm. So we said, fine, we'll shut it down. So we really focused on the retail and it probably like a lot of businesses can grow and scale a lot more easily online. But at the time it was, we knew that was what it was going to take to build this category and to make sure that menstrual cups were accepted Mm-hmm. is that they had to be on shelf in stores. So our strategy was so focused on you know, building the retail. And because of that, I think we definitely went through a ton of growing pains. And it's kind of goes in cycles, but it's kind of been ongoing for the last 10 years. It's just been like one thing after another. But we're really... I think we're at a point now, finally, where we have the right people. We have an incredible team. I just absolutely adore our team and they're doing a great job. And we're really, I think, trailblazers and and even how we do business. I couldn't be more proud of where we've come. One of the things that I often get when I talk about that I switch to the cup is people think that it's really hard to use. And I was like, ah, I'm scared to use it. What if it spills? Or how do I, you know, they're like, what if it gets stuck in there? (laughs) Yeah, I know. I think there's so much. I think it's just really education Mm -hmm. and understanding how to use the cup. So we've been trying to make more videos. We have quite a few resources on our website and our YouTube channel. But again, it's just like, get over it. Just try it. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's so simple. It's actually not that hard to use. I find it personally easier to use than a tampon because it's like a tampon. I don't know. I just always could feel it. And it was like poking me, inserting it. Like I just find it a, just have to try it for yourself and get over the fear because Mm -hmm. once you try it, you never go back. Well, I had a friend and she had chronic yeast infections. And then when she switched, they just stopped 
my gosh. So she was using pads before that. So I guess whatever it was was irritating her. Yeah, but I mean, for I years, she was constantly on medications treating these yeast infections. And she was so frustrated. She thought that, yeah, she had a candida overgrowth or something like that. But no, then when she made the switch, it went away. <laughs> she never That's had one incredible. That's, I mean, we hear stuff like that all the time. It, it really is a game changer. On, and just, you know, for the health of the tissues in the vagina, it's not just like, oh, this is eco-friendly. And, you know, there's just so many benefits, but just to not have those chemicals and disrupting the pH. Cause the thing is the other products too, the chemicals are irritating and it also is absorbing all of our natural moisture. That's there mm. to keep, keep the vagina clean. And so that way it just doesn't absorb anything. So it's not disrupting that natural pH mm-hmm. moisture. You must have to learn so much around the vagina. <laughs> I know. We're experts now. Yeah. You medical degree. I know. And so what led to a documentary? Was that just something you guys came up with? Well, it was kind of, it's almost like an accidental documentary a little bit, but we had, <laughs> the best we had been talking about, I mean, we're just really passionate about this movement and mm-hmm. We thought, okay, we need to start thinking about, you know, a way that we can create this. I don't know. It was just kind of like in some early talks. And then I was doing a keynote at the first period con that was in New York. And it was in the end of 2017. And just the night before, I'm like, oh my gosh, we need to film this. Like, this is monumental. Mm. We've got to get footage for this. And (laughs) so we got a film crew and we started filming it and we didn't really know exactly what it was going to do, how we were going to use it exactly. But at the end of the day, after we were getting all these great interviews and there was a lot of people and like there was a congresswoman and like talking about all these issues. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is what the documentary is about. And so it started kind of as a smaller project and it just snowballed and it kept growing over the last two years. And we ended up filming on four continents, six countries, wow. and really captured and uncovered some incredible stories and interviews, you know, just hearing diverse voices, life experiences, and hearing from experts, activists, and people that are really making change around the world in menstrual equity. So it's just, it came, came together amazing. I just, I'm so proud of the final result, but it was not something we're not filmmakers. Like we had really no idea what we were getting ourselves into. And we partnered with Media One out of Toronto. And our partners did they took a chance on us. We kind of took a chance on each other and we're just like, you know, we get this project and we don't know how, but we're going to make it happen. Mm-hmm. And it really did happen. We actually did a private screening for our family and partners and employees last night. And it was just like, I can't even tell you how shocked everyone was but also you know they just thought it was incredible and and we already won an award at the Whistler Film Festival where we premiered and so we'll see next week 
at Santa Barbara Film Festival. Is it going to be on Netflix or anything or you're not sure I'm sure eventually. Mm -hmm. We don't know yet. We can't really, we don't have that information. Because I would love to see it. (laughs) Yeah, we're working on all the business side of it with our Mm -hmm. distributor. But eventually, yeah, stay posted. We have social channels. We're on Facebook and Instagram. And there's a website, pandorasboxthefilm.com. And stay tuned. But there will be some events in Toronto as well, for sure. I'd be very interested to see how people with periods are, how it differentiates in the different areas of the world. I know. And it's interesting because the biggest shock was that it's not just you know, an issue in developing nations, but it's actually right here. Hmm. And in the the Toronto School Board just approved free menstrual products and supplies in all schools. Wow. So that's happening the at a provincial level, the government of BC just approved free menstrual supplies for all schools, all public buildings. And there's just a lot of stuff happening in Canada and the US and and around the world. And yeah, it's really, it's really interesting to see. And Diva Cup will be included in that? In the, in the, in the, in the products. products. Yeah. We do have partnerships with a lot of the different school boards mm-hmm. to donate. We donate about 15,000 cups a year to wow. organizations. So we do, and we just sent a thousand cups to Australia because they're going through that affairs oh. right now. But we're, you know, we work with so many different organizations to try to help. Get, I mean, there's a little bit more education involved, but it's just where when we can, we we have the cups available. Hmm. That's phenomenal. When you say family, do you have, like, is your husband in the company as well? My husband is in the company. Wow. <laughs> yes. So he is the executive director of our company. And, you know, it really is kind of a family. It's always been kind of a family affair. I, I feel like I'm already training my kids. They're <laughs> nine and 10. I'm like, they already know what's going on in the business. They ask questions or we're wow. going to get them young. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. That's so funny. Is it difficult working with family? I mean, everyone says these horror stories. I think we just, of course we have our challenges, but we always find a way to make it work. And you have to be, you can't be bullheaded when you work with family. I mean, you can't let your emotions get the best of you. The best thing I can say is just, you know, listen and respect other ideas. And there's sometimes like, you don't agree, but you just, you say, okay, like we'll do your way. Like you're, you believe so strongly in this, let's do it this time. And if that doesn't work and you know, you have to be really flexible Mm-hmm. in order to, I think, work with family. Mm-hmm. Because it's difficult with just any business partner. I know. And if you have family and you're getting, you know, the emotions involved and being really stubborn, I, I just don't see it working. Mm-hmm. But we just always manage to find a way to make it work. And my mom and I have made a really great team. And she always, she let me make my mistakes. <laughs> and, and, you know, if I was really, really adamant about something, I mean, we, we took a lot of risks along the way where I think naturally to be an entrepreneur too, you do have to be a risk taker. Mm-hmm. You can't just, 
you can't be someone that doesn't like risk because your business will just stay small. Mm-hmm. And sometimes they don't work. And sometimes certain people don't work that you bring into the business. And we've had that experience too, where we've had, you know, people we really trusted. It's happening to us multiple times. We've had situations where we just, it didn't end up working. We had to part ways. Mm. It's difficult. And it's it's not easy for other people to come into a family business too. That's that's not always easy too, because it's just different than Mm -hmm. you're, you know, working at, PNG. It's just mm-hmm. you're coming into a whole new dynamic. Yeah. So you have to have the right people that align with and are, you know, those that type of dynamic for sure. But it also come with a lot of strengths if done, you know, properly like you have, obviously, because the loyalty and the culture and all of that would be so strong. It is. And like our team, this is more than a job for them. Like it's their passion and they've become my family. And, you know, I think we're just in a really great place, but I love, you know, I love our team and working with them and and seeing that passion, I think gives them gives us a, a step up because they're just willing to go the extra mile and their passion shows when they're at a sales presentation, when they're, mm-hmm. you know, representing the company, they feel like it's their own. Mm-hmm. So if you were going to give some advice to a new entrepreneur that, you know, is, is maybe being told no, not to go ahead with an idea or, you know, really struggling to get people to believe in their product or service, you know, what would you tell them? I mean, I think be passionate, be patient. (laughs) It's not going to happen overnight. I think that's the hardest thing is actually having the patience because everyone, and you see other people, everything's so transparent now on Instagram. It's like, oh, these people are so successful. And, Mm -hmm. you know, you don't realize what went behind it. I mean, most people have no idea that we started in 2001. And even like my mom started in menstrual cups in 1992. Wow. I mean, it's crazy. It's, it's just, it's been like several decades of, you know, for us, for our story. So I think the biggest thing is, you know, don't get too distracted with different opportunities or think like, oh, if this isn't working, change your product offering or uh, people come to me for advice and they've got like eight product lines in different categories. I'm like, pick one, Mm -hmm. pick one and focus. And when you're ready, you can diversify, you can grow. But with us, we had such a big undertaking of what we were doing that we still really only have the cups and a cleanser. Like we have essentially four SKUs. And that's just crazy to have a company our size with mm-hmm. four SKUs, but mm-hmm. it is possible. You don't need to have a million different products. And it's like when you go to a restaurant and you go to the pickle barrel and it's like yeah. a million things or the cheesecake factory. It's like, can you imagine the inventory and the problems and everything that they have, but you know, go to a restaurant, streamline the menu, mm-hmm. have the top sellers focus on that. And, focus and on the, the things you're when, best at. Yeah. Yeah. Focus and get help, get mentors, find people that have done what you've done that can help guide you along the way. 
Did you have other mentors besides your mom? Not until much, much later on. I joined Tech Canada, which is not technology. It's actually the executive committee. So I'll find like a peer-to-peer group. There's lots of them out there. I've had a really great experience in tech. And I have other coaches and other mentors that that have come, but really only in the last few years. I, I wish I had that sooner. I think we could have avoided a lot of situations, but I just, it never really occurred to me, to be honest, that I needed that. And my mom and I, because we were a team together, we were always, and my dad had a lot of business experience. So we, we always navigated everything, but I think we could have definitely used more advice along the way. And today, when you're, if you're starting a business today, I mean, you need all the help you can get. The landscape is so different. I mean, mm-hmm. Things are moving very quickly. There's a ton of, I mean, there's how many companies on just selling online, on Instagram, on everywhere. Yeah, you, you need to have, especially if you're going into the mass market with your product, you need to get people that know what they're doing because it can put you out of business very quickly. Mm-hmm you make some catastrophic wrong decisions. Yeah. And grow, like going into the mass market before you're ready is one of the biggest mistakes people make with products. And they think, oh, that's what's going to make the company, but it can hurt you very quickly. You have to build the demand. You have to be able to support that level of distribution. Mm -hmm. We experienced that. We have experienced that. Where you couldn't support it? Well, being able to, you know, grow when we grew so fast, we had so many retail locations Uh and you need a lot of money. I mean, like a lot of these companies are spending a hundred million dollars, like the top companies, they're spending millions, hundreds of millions on marketing Uh to support you know, the level of turnover and people think, oh, you got on shelf, you're going to see stuff flying out the door. It doesn't work like that. Mm-hmm. So it's- you need, yeah, you need a, you need a strategy. You need to, and sometimes the buyers, like even at that first show where we had buyers say, yeah, I'll take your product. Just give us six free products per store. And you multiply that by, you know, 2000 stores. That's a huge investment for mm-hmm. a small company starting out. And they don't care. And then all of a sudden, like, who's going to buy your product if nobody knows about it? Now you have no money <laughs> to yeah. support it. And you have to build a following. You need to get traction for that first before you make those kinds of decisions. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Did you guys do that at the beginning? Give a free product? No, we didn't. We Thankfully, it was actually so lucky we met this consultant and that was one of the best things we did. We invested, I think it was like two or $3,000 we invested into this consultant and we spent two full days with him and we walked away. We're like, oh my gosh, he just saved us from like basically ending our company very quickly. Hmm. And we went back to the drawing board. He's like, this is how much money you need. This is what you need to do. This is how everything works. And then we just took a step back and said, okay, this is, we're not ready yet. We cannot even think of doing something like that yet. Because in your mind, do you think, oh, like the numbers, it's, it's going to be successful, but it's very, very risky. 
playing in the mass market before you're ready. Wow, that's great advice. So where can people find more information about you? Well, if they're looking for information on DivaCup, we have divacup.com and all the social channels. Our company, divainternational.ca. And you can follow me on my personal Instagram, which I'm just starting to build. I was like not in that space really, but now I'm, <laughs> I'm just, just starting Gotta build to build the brand. <laughs> I know. And now we're building, now I'm building my personal brand and, mm-hmm. and being the voice of and face of, of Diva and Pandora's box and everything that we're doing. So my personal handle is carrying.chambers.saney. And then Pandora's Box, the film.com. So check it out. Follow us, like us, all the different things, and follow our journey. I think we're, you know, an incredible, especially Canadian success story, but also, you know, we have lots of exciting things coming. So we'd love everyone to follow that journey with us. Mm-hmm. Well, I love what you're doing and I love everything that you you stand for and your entire mission. So thank you so much for chatting with me today. Thank you, Emily.